0: Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. Hi, it's Rebecca here. Welcome to a healthy bite. And today I want to talk a little bit about how it can sometimes be difficult to be more eco friendly. Let's face it, we all want to save the environment, and we want to do things that are convenient and easy, and it's not always easy to achieve both of these things. I want to tell you a little story about my attempts to be more eco-friendly, and so the first subject that I'm going to talk about is trying to change the vehicle that I drive. So currently I drive a car that gets about 22 to 25 miles per gallon. I often go into stores or different places where I avoid buying items that are packaged in foam or plastic. And recently I went to my local bread store and I asked if I could have my freshly baked bread in a cloth bag that I would provide as opposed to the plastic bag. I wouldn't say that the employees there were not cooperative, because they were. They just really didn't know what to think about my request. So I had to explain about plastic bags and all of the things about plastic and plastic straws and such, which, you know, that's fine. And then I went out to get in my car that gets 22 to 25 miles per gallon. And it's, you know, it's a charger. It's not exactly known as being an eco-friendly car. And so Every time I would have a situation like this, I would be thinking, okay, I should do more. I should do better. And I had an opportunity to drive an electric vehicle. So the electric vehicle was um, delivered to me with about 20% battery charge, I think. And that, I believe, would get you about 35 to 40 miles This is just kind of an estimate just based on my memory because it has been a few days since this happened. So I needed to charge this electric vehicle first thing. So I started to drive the car and it handled really well. I was very impressed by everything about the way this vehicle drove. It was smooth. It had options for using one pedal for braking and accelerating, which was surprisingly easy to get used to and there was just a lot of things I liked about it It was fast um, to take off and you know being used to driving a charger I'm used to a car kind of getting up and getting out of the way pretty quick and so I was not expecting this electric vehicle to be fast you know to start off I was expecting it to be a little slower but I was really impressed with everything about the car until I started trying to charge it. And really, I can't blame this on the car. It really isn't the car's fault that I had a hard time charging it. But um, so let me tell you how this went down. so my first attempt to charge the car was I needed to drive 15 minutes from my current location to go to a fast charge. And this is a place where you plug up the car and your car gets charged in about 15 minutes. I think some of these places, there's a small fee and others are free, Um, but you can charge your car at home, but this wasn't my car, so I wasn't set up to do that so I needed to go somewhere so the first thing was um, I was going to go to this fast charge place well I drove the 15 minutes to get there I only have 20 percent battery left anyways and so when I arrive at this particular location uh, we couldn't find it there was no charging station in the parking lot so I asked my husband to go inside and ask them where it was and he came out a few minutes later and told me that it had been removed so we went ahead and started heading to location number 2 to try to charge the vehicle. When um we our navigation told us that we had arrived at this particular location to charge the vehicle, there was absolutely nothing there. Nothing that um would charge a car. So we left that location and then I drove to a chain grocery store that has charging plugs and so I went inside I I plugged my car up I went inside I did about 45 minutes worth of shopping I came out and the car battery had increased by I think two percent and I thought there's got to be something wrong why is it taking so long to charge so I moved over to the second space and I plugged it in and it, it started charging but it just I couldn't sit there that long. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. I've got to find a fast charge so I can get this done. I have things I need to do at home. It was a Sunday and I had all these plans of all these things I was going to accomplish. So all this time I was spending looking for a place to charge the car was starting to stress me out. Um, So I arrived at the fourth location where, you know, my... Navigation had told me there was a fast charge plug, and so I got out, and there was a fast charge, and then there was a regular charge. Well, the regular charge plug would not fit into this particular type car, which is when I realized that not all electric vehicles have the same charge plug, kind of like the difference between an iPhone charger and an Android charger. Understand why there wouldn't be a universal charge plug for cars. I mean, what if every time you went to a gas station to put fuel in your car and the gas pump was different for every make of car, every model? So every Ford had to go to this gas station, and every Chevy had to go to this gas station, and every Um, BMW had to go to that gas station and an Audi had to go to this one, you get the point. So all of the gas pumps are universal. So you have diesel that works in a diesel engine and you have, you know, just the regular gas pump that works in all the other gas operated vehicles and you go to pretty much any gas station and you just put it in your car and it works the same. It should be the same way with a charging cable for an electric vehicle, but it's not. And I'm not going to get into why it is this way because that would be presumptuous on my part since I can't say what the motivation is behind various car manufacturers making those charges different, but I have read several articles and I have an idea why, but Anyways, I'm at my fourth location and I can't charge it with the slow cable, but I can charge it with the fast cable. So I plug it up, I stick my credit card in the machine, and it says um, Card Stripe Reader Fail. And so I'm like, okay, I'll get a different card. So I get another card and I try to pay again. And it says the same error. I try with three different cards. And finally, um, by this time, my husband had gone to work. So I call him and I'm like, I can't figure out how to make this work. I can't make my credit card work in this machine. And he said, are you at this location? And I said, yes. And he said, oh, that's where I stopped last night to try to charge the car. And it did the same thing to me. Okay, so this is my fourth, really fifth time to try to charge the car. Zero um, success rate at this point. And so I was like, okay, I, I have to find another one. So I drove to a community college where I had found that the community college had two electric Uh, cable charges that were free to the public. You just basically pull up and plug your car in. And so I pulled into the parking lot of this college and they had the entire parking lot blocked off with orange cones so that no one could drive in that area. So being the rebel that I am, I moved the cones, I pulled in, I plugged in my car and it started charging, of course. And then I looked at the battery Um, You know how it tells you how much battery you have left to go before you're full or empty or whatever. And so I looked at it and it said one and a half hours to charge the car to 25% and 17 hours to charge it to a full battery. Uh, I wasn't about to sit in this parking lot. It was like 90 degrees outside. So I was like, okay, at least I know it works. I broke the rules to get in here. I don't want to sit here. I don't want to leave my car here and walk home. So I basically drove home on 20% battery. Actually, it was less than that because I'd been driving around for three and a half hours. Um, I finally got back home and I was just like, I guess this car is going to have to go back to the dealership on you know, someone's gonna have to tow it back because they can't charge it. So anyways, all of that to say that it is very hard to charge a vehicle where I live. And I know that it's different in other places where there are more people who are more interested in being eco-friendly. For example, if I lived in California I'm sure there would be no shortages of places that I could charge this car. But where I live, there really aren't a lot of places to charge it. And the places that are available are either incredibly slow or they're broken. And some instances, the navigation maps weren't even accurate because the first place I went, they had taken out their charging station a long time ago, and the maps just had not been updated. So here is a perfect example of why more people don't choose eco-friendly options, because who I mean, honestly, it it is terrifying to think about being stranded in a car that can't go because it's not like you can get a, it's not like if you run out of gas, you can get a, a gas can and go get gas and bring it back to your car. It's not like that with an electric vehicle. So, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying that it's not always convenient. Yes, with all of my heart, I want to be more eco-friendly and i want to do things that are better for the environment but it's not always easy and another great example of this is recycling so when i tell people you know about recycling or when i talk to people about making choices that um are away from paper. So, for example, I use unpaper towels instead of paper towels. Really, you don't have to have anything fancy. You can get some inexpensive, plain white bar mop towels and just use like 20 of them and wash them every few days. If you do a lot of cooking and you spend a lot of time in your kitchen or you have a lot of kids, get two packs and have 40 bar mop towels. I promise they're less expensive than buying paper towels every single week. Now, what you do is you just use them just like you would a paper towel. Oh, well, if they get stained, you're not displaying them out for everyone to use. You're just using them in place of paper towels. Now, yes, to me, that is an option but for some people who are busy or maybe have to wash their clothes by hand they don't want to do that maybe someone has doesn't have a dryer or they don't have space you know maybe that's not your thing that you can do it's not convenient for me to wash an extra load of towels twice a week so that i don't have to use paper towels that's not convenient but I choose to do it because it's an option for me. It's something that I can make the time to do. Another good example is beeswax wrap or just ditching the um, single use plastic baggies. So I received an email from a company that I have used their product a few times so well, I'll just tell you it's a beeswax wrap. So I have used their products and I decided to make some of my own. I have a video on YouTube about how I made my own beeswax wraps, but you know if you don't want, if you're not a DIY person, I really recommend getting beeswax wraps. They're so easy to use. They're they smell good. They're pretty. I love everything about them. But, for some people, that might not feel convenient. So, I received this email um, from the Beeswax wrap company. I think it was just kind of talking about their blog post that they had written, and they were talking about um just how choosing inconvenience can be an act of quiet revolution. They went on about how it's convenient to buy prepackaged foods in the freezer section or to purchase bread that's already been baked and sliced and you know already packaged nicely and you just bring those home and you know grab a slice of bread and you're good to go that's a lot more convenient than preparing your own bread baking it letting it rise storing it somehow without plastic yes that is a lot more inconvenient to do those things those steps take more time and prepackaged meals are a lot more convenient, and they also create a lot more waste that they sometimes can be recycled, or they may often end up in the landfill. We know that it's, it's harder <laughs> to do it, but it's a choice that we're making, and I'm not one of those people that's going to say everyone should be trying to reduce their waste because it's so easy. It's not easy. I'm not going to lie. It's inconvenient to rinse out your, you know, pasta sauce jar and let it dry. It's inconvenient to separate your different types of plastic or separate your green glass from your brown glass from your clear glass. Yes, that's inconvenient. It does take up some time. But, you know, what's the cost of that convenience at landfills that are overflowing, And, you know, recycling that doesn't end up being recycled because it's contaminated. I mean, I'm not saying that we should like go back to a time and place where everything was inconvenient. You know, washing our laundry on a, you know, the boards or hanging them out on the line. Although a lot of people do that. A lot of people in China don't use dryers. They dry their clothes on a clothesline all the time. Most of my clothing I hang up anyways because I don't want to shrink it in the dryer, and I just find that my clothing lasts a lot longer when I hang it up to dry. And speaking of clothing, that's another thing that maybe isn't so convenient, but using less clothing or purchasing clothing from a secondhand shop, or you know, just not buying fast fashion, you know in and out of your closet, buying cheap clothing. I'm not going to give any brand names, but I have blog posts about um, fast fashion and things that are really just ending up in the landfill within a couple of months. So anyways, it's all about whether or not the convenience of these things is worth what it's doing to the environment. And yes, I Wholeheartedly agree that recycling, reusing, reducing, you know, rotting for compost, none of these things are easy, but it's worth it. And when we choose to make one small change today, and one small change tomorrow, and another change the next week, and we build on that, just taking the time to stop and think about what we're buying. What am I going to do with the packaging? after I use this product? Is there a product that I can buy that has less packaging? You know, I mean, just putting some thoughtfulness into the things that we choose, the habits that we have, it helps you to slow down. And yes, it will decrease your footprint. And honestly, I think slowing down like this and just taking the time to think about the choices that we're making really can help in more ways than just making eco-friendly choices. It can help you to just feel more satisfied, more peaceful, and like you're making a difference. So back to recycling. So basically, I think a lot of the problem with people not being able to recycle properly is just that there is so much confusion when it comes to recycling. So if you go to recycleacrossamerica.org, you can read a little bit more about how to make a difference as far as recycling goes. So I think a lot of the problem that comes with recycling is there's no standardization when it comes to labeling. Um, They use an example on Recycle Across America about how stop signs you know, all over America, stop signs are standardized. It's, it's a red sign with white letters. It's the same shape. It's the same everywhere you go. And so when you see that stop sign, you know what you're supposed to do there. However, when it comes to recycling, there has not actually been a standardized label created for recycling bins. Although Recycle Across America is trying to change this. And you can help by going to this site and looking through, you know, they have a lot of options. There things that you can do to take action to help with the problem. So a lot of times when we go into a school or um, a hotel or airport or grocery store or anywhere that there's like food to eat or whatever, people get confused about recycling, which ends up causing people to toss. Millions of tons of garbage things into um, bins that end up in the landfill when they could be recycled, and the problem, like I said, is just that the we need society-wide standardized labels on bins and carts so that people know what goes where. I mean, most places will recycle glass cans, paper, plastic. But then when you get to plastic, it's like there's a lot of things that can and can't be recycled. So we need to have a little bit more clarity on the recycling. So I think that's one of the things that if we can just you know, make some standardization when it comes to recycling that a lot more people would be on board with it. If it's easier, people can actually do it. So what Recycle Across America suggests is to use the labels that they, they've they created, just a standardized, very simple label, very easy to understand, and then recycle properly using the tips for recycling. And then also, um, Another thing that people can do to take action about this is to ask the officials in the city where you live or encourage the schools that your children go to, etc. These are the types of things that you can do to make a difference. So, I really encourage you to go to Recycle Across America. Um, This is not sponsored by them. I don't mind if they want to sponsor my podcast or a blog post, but, yeah, this is just from the bottom of my heart because I... Can get up on my soapbox about this because I think people really want to do the right thing, right? You want to do the right thing, so do I. But it is confusion and there's a lot of skepticism. I've read myself many articles about how a lot of the recycling ends up in the landfills, and I've seen um, the recycling. In my community, um, there are some recycling centers that I feel like people are getting it right. And there's a lot of um, regulation at certain recycling centers. And then I go to other recycling centers and there's no one there to make sure that things are getting done properly. And people are putting all of the recycling together in one giant plastic bag. So all of their paper, all of the plastic, all of the... Um, cans and the glass, it's all going into one big plastic garbage bag. And that giant garbage bag is being put into one dumpster that is supposed to be going to recycling. And I I just feel that there's probably not someone somewhere that's going to get every single one of those bags out and separate this trash. Because once you put, for example, a pizza box, a greasy, pizza box is not recyclable. I mean, pizza boxes are made from cardboard. And when the cardboard becomes saturated with grease or like stuck on cheese and other food that's been stuck into the box, once it's soiled like that, the cardboard can't be recycled because the paper fibers aren't able to be separated from the oils during the like pulping process or whatever they do to you know reuse this cardboard. So like your cardboard from your purchases at Amazon that can be recycled or reused, but when you get a greasy cardboard box from your local pizza joint and you put it in the recycling, it's that's called contamination and it's unfortunate, but you know you have to think about what you're doing. For example, plastic straws cannot be recycled. They may be made out of recyclable material, but they are so small that they jam up the recycling machinery. So there's a lot of little things that people just don't know, and it's not because they don't care. It's just because there's not enough information out there. But once the word starts to get around, people know better and they can do better. And so that's why I say standardization when it comes to recycling bins and labels and The same with electric vehicles. That was a really frustrating experience, and I really do want to drive an eco-friendly car. I want to be environmentally responsible, but I don't want to be stranded on the side of the road with my kids because I couldn't charge my car. And yes, I do think that electric vehicles are great for people who have um, a house or an apartment complex where there is a place that they can charge their car. But if you live in an apartment, say on the third floor, and you don't have a a garage or a place where you can charge your car at night, you're going to have to charge that vehicle elsewhere. And if your city doesn't have enough stations that you can quickly charge your vehicle it can turn into an issue or perhaps say you're traveling from you know nashville to knoxville and you think you know you're going to charge your car when you get to knoxville and you spend three and a half hours trying to find a place to charge your car in knoxville and you can't find a place it's just frustrating and i know. That I'm probably going to (laughs) get comments about the fact that there are places. And I know there are. There are plenty of places that you can charge your car. It's just not convenient, and they don't always work. So there are things that need improvement, and I believe that in the upcoming years that the improvements will come, but it's just not happening fast enough. Anyhow, that's my soapbox about the inconvenience of being eco-friendly, and I just want to challenge you to think about the things that you can do. I mean, it's not actually in my budget right now to upgrade my car to a more eco-friendly car. I finally have my car almost paid off, and so it's not really something that I want to do right now, but the next car I do buy will most likely be an electric vehicle, and hopefully by then... (laughs) we'll have lots of places to charge our cars here in knoxville and as far as the recycling goes i think it's just more about um, talking to the people who make the decisions like in our schools in our communities i mean because it takes all of us working together to make a difference so ask your local officials To start displaying the standardized labels on recycling bins and see what you can do to make these changes. And honestly, I I admit that it's not easy. I know that it's inconvenient to do some of these things, but if you just start with one thing, if you're not doing anything eco friendly right now, just go out and buy a water bottle, a reusable water bottle. If you just did that one thing, that's a huge. That's a huge step towards reducing how much plastic. I mean, I don't know how many water bottles you buy, but, you know, if you bought one every day for an entire year, that's 365 water bottles that you could save um, from the landfill or from having to even be recycled. Plastic can only be recycled so many times, whereas I'm pretty sure glass and metal can just be infinitely recycled. So anyhow... Let us work on doing these little things. I have a lot of information about reducing waste and trying to make an effort towards being more zero waste. Knoxville has a great event every year in April, and I try to set up a booth each year That event, it happens around Earth Day and it's called Earth Fest and it's always a zero waste event. So if you ever happen to be in Knoxville during that time of the year, I really encourage you to go out and visit Earth Fest. It is a great event. You'll learn a lot. You'll meet a lot of really crunchy, cool people. And you can say hi to me because I'm usually there. So that's pretty much it for today's healthy bite. I hope I didn't step on any toes. I love you guys. I just want to encourage and motivate you. And so if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me. You can also email me at Rebecca at thatorganicmom.com. Thanks for listening. Please write and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.